Welcome to Encounter Grace, where we come face to face with God's work in the world for our good. Join host Jason McKnight as we explore practical issues of community, theology, and leadership in everyday life. Hey everybody, and welcome to another episode of Encounter Grace. My name is Ben Hendricks, and I am here as always with Jason McKnight. Jason, thank you so much just for letting me interview you a bit today, because this is something that uh, you have taught on quite a bit just in the last couple of years that I've been here and has been in many ways one of the most helpful and practical things as I've tried to navigate the world of ministry, but not just the world of ministry, the world of just leadership in general, of leading my family, uh, leading here at the church, but just in all avenues of my life. Mm. And so what we want to talk about today is the idea of relational ministry. And how would you kind of phrase that? Well, I think it's where we are not only focused on whatever the task is at hand, but relational ministry is also focused on the team who's helping us accomplish the task. Yeah. And we're saying ministry because that's our context. But yeah. if you're a business owner or if you're working in the schoolhouse and maybe you're like the, the team leader of the fifth grade teachers or something, yeah. even this, like we want to get the task done, but we want to pour into and invest in the co-laborers on our team. Yeah. So that's what we're talking about, relational yep. ministry or team and task ministry. And I would say, I've said this a lot, ministry would be a snap if not for the people. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and it could be the people you're ministering to, like the kids in the, in the children's ministry, but it also sometimes means the people you're ministering with are yeah. a little bit tough, the yep. teammates that God brings you. So how do we as leaders not only focus on the task to minister to the kids, but also the team we're ministering with. Okay, yeah. I think we're... Yeah. yeah, just because so much of ministry is is working with leaders who, guess what, are volunteers. Well, that's the other thing. <laughs> and there's this huge danger is as we manage all the leadership challenges that we forget about the value, the gift, and the potential of each person serving. That's it. The The image of God of each person, the, the redeemed by the blood of the Lamb of each person, the indwelt by the Holy Spirit of each person. Yep. Like these teammates are not mere robots. <laughs> yeah. And so why I think what you're going to walk us through here yeah. is so helpful is because of, of what we were just saying right there is one of the beauties of corporate America for bosses is if you don't lead well, you still pay fairly well. Right. And so for... <laughs> we hope. Yeah, yeah. And so when I think of it as with you leading, you know, staff, but also more importantly here, the non-staff, when Kent is leading his worship team, when I'm leading our student ministry team, and like we're talking about people who are, who, who are choosing to be there despite how little we pay, which is nothing. <laughs> but we and, have a great retirement aim, plan. Aim. <laughs> and so why this is so helpful is if, these are ways that we encourage, build up, and, and lead these leaders well mm -hmm. and love them well and help them well despite not being able to give them some mon something monetary. Right, right. And so if we can take these, whether we are in corporate America, whether we are an entrepreneur, whether we're wherever our job is, if we can take these things and apply them, mm -hmm. I think these are life-changing ways. And, and I think this is super helpful for also all the team leaders in our churches. So you might yeah. not come to Grace. You might be listening to this and go to a different church. 
this is to help you on the team or if you're leading a team, like maybe it's children's ministry, maybe it's the welcome team, maybe it's the building and grounds team at your local church, volunteers like Ben Singh, um, the security team, whatever. But the, the point is, every one of us can have a different way of doing ministry when we don't only look at the task, mm. when we also look at the team. So we give spiritual attention, that's called shepherding, <laughs> to the people doing the ministry alongside of us. We're not only focused on what that ministry is. We, this is, here's another way to think of it. We view the ministry or the task or the program as a platform for a teammate's growth in Christ. So you're running the nursery at your church, you're the director of the nursery, and you're saying, how can this hour and a half that Mrs. McGillicuddy serves once or twice a month, how can that help her grow in Jesus? Mm. Not only how can we help, you know, six kids ha be safe so that mom and dad can worship. Yeah. We minister to our teammates as well as we minister through them. Mm. And we discover that God accomplishes more than we could ask or imagine, Ephesians 3 as we shepherd as sheep instead of drive our agenda. Hmm. So team and task ministry, that's kind of what it is. We give shepherding attention to the people doing it. We look at the task or the, or the team as a, uh, or the task or the program as a platform for someone's growth. We minister to our teammates as well as through them, and we discover God does more than we could ever imagine. Wow. So this is, this is uh, sort of in a nutshell what it is, yeah. but I think there's several characteristics that you can use to, to either keep in front of you as how do I get to, to team and task ministry versus just yeah. task ministry, and I think it's going to be helpful. And again, it spans the church. It's not just, well, the pastor and whatever, but it's like you with the people helping on it, in, in Ben with the youth group, like the people helping yeah. on your team in the youth group and the nursery and the children's ministry and all these different worship team. There's one where, you know, every Sunday morning, quote unquote, you got to put on the show. Like, I hate to say it that way, but some people think of it that way. Yep. And when the worship leader thinks of it that way, you don't have a worshiping worship team. Mm. You have hard worship team, and then the, the people can't worship. So how do you do team and task there? Yeah. So I, I'll just offer seven ideas or thoughts or characteristics of relational ministry, of team and task ministry, a couple of stories along the way. These are not things, I mean, these are things that I actually have observed in a lot of different places I've served. So this is not something that grace does perfectly and no one else is doing. It's that I'm looking at this out there and I'm seeing it. Yeah. So, and, and some of them may actually kind of tread the same ground, but that's okay because that's, that we need to hear it again and again. Yeah. So team and task ministry, here's number one, means that the teammate always trumps the task, but the task really matters. Yeah. Because people are always more important than things. The teammate always trumps the task, but the task really matters. Like God has called us on mission. We're not just a golfing foursome yeah. <laughs> out there having fun. We, we want to achieve something, but what we're achieving isn't limited to the program of running the nursery. It's also included the shepherding of the teammate and the growth in Christ of the teammate. That's also part of our mission. And navigating those two is a very difficult thing because it's so much easier to land wholly on one side and then not just be in the middle. Like it it's so much easier to make the task everything and you just 
I mean, you just use people to accomplish it or where the people are all that matters and nothing really gets done. Right. And, and, and it is hard. Yeah. It, it is hard. You're, you're exactly it. The idea that the teammate trumps the task is the guardrail against me running over people for my agenda. Yeah. It's, it's me caring for a partner in ministry instead of bossing around. Yeah. Because that does not reflect Jesus. He yep. never bossed anyone around. He was directive, but it was always with compassion. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, and there's times you have to have hard conversations with people, which we'll look at in, in a couple of characteristics later. But, um, but the teammate always trumps the task. Yeah. But the task also matters. Okay, second one, relational ministry or team and task ministry means partnership in mission, not just progress in the work. So again, it's, it's a lot the same, but it means my perspective as a leader is I am looking at a partner. So the teammate always trumps the task number one. Well, if they're in trouble, I have, it's okay to stop something and, and figure out how to help them and protect from that happening in the future, of course. But it's also now number two is I'm looking at them as a partner, not just as someone to fulfill my wishes. You leverage a partner, you maximize a partner, you value a partner. You look at a partner as a person as opposed to uh, you don't necessarily maximize value, leverage a slave, let's say. Let's just go right to the DEF CON. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Teammates are not robots. They're not slaves. They're not just there to fulfill your every wish. They're partners. So am I treating them like a partner? Am I thinking, mm-hmm. wait a minute. As much as God's called me to lead this ministry, he's called them to be in this ministry. God has called them, I better steward that well, because they're a partner. They're not just getting done what I'm going to do. Third idea, third part here in um, team and task ministry is that God multiplies our impact because partners step out and trust him. God multiplies our impact because partners step out and trust him. Listen, if I do everything myself and boss people around and fulfill my own vision, that's fine. But all that we're going to accomplish is as much vision as I have, as much directive ability as I have. But when we together take aim to fulfill God's vision, he's going to draw out the best and unique in what you have and what they have and what she has and what he has mm. for this task, for this uh, ministry. And it's going to be God doing it. We're going to look back and see that. When we live as partners, we see greater fruit than when we com- keep complete control on outcome, on process, on division of labor, on all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, one of the things I love about this is just th- there's an encouragement of when we, when we take it all upon ourselves, we're always responsible for the result. But when we are diligent and we work hard and we trust God to provide, like he's responsible for the results. Exactly. And you look at your work, and it's not saying, well, you, you only halfway worked hard and, well, God, that, then that's on you. Like, no, it's going, look, I was diligent, I worked hard, and I was with these people, and, I, and, I, and God's he's responsible for it because he blesses it. And, and there's just so much, because you're not in it alone. And when God's responsible for the results, the impact is greater. Yep. 
because he's, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against my church. I will build my church. So when we're saying, but I'm going to build this ministry, <laughs> we're crowding God out. And what he wants to do through the teammate is actually to fulfill the ministry better than you think. And that's what's, it's kind of like when you're a parent and you just love your kids so much and you want them to stay on the path of righteousness so much, but then you forget to pray about it. You kind of try to orchestrate everything to keep them, you know, but the deal is God loves your kids more than you do. Mm. And he wants them on the path of righteousness infinitely more than you could because you're finite. So as much as you love, anyway, as much as you love your ministry and feel called to it, God actually is going to multiply the impact as you trust others to trust him yeah. as we buy into the same ministry vision. I mean, if we trust God through his people, we're going to, it, it, we're going to see God do more. Which leads us to the fourth one. Team and task ministry helps people grow into their capabilities. Grow into their Christ-likeness. Grow into whatever good works God has for them. Helps people grow into their capabilities. And this always leads to fruit. When people are living more the way Jesus wants them to live, it always leads to fruit. When they can serve on the worship team and say, this is how God made me. And it isn't a worship team uh, where, you know, there's, there's six egos fighting with each other, <laughs> yeah. including the leaders, but where it's all of them working together and the leader is seeking out the wisdom and the ability from, then all of a sudden people, as they trust God and as they work together, they're going to have more fruit. They're going to worship more. They're going to lead better. It's amazing. And, and we, you know, worship team and youth ministry or children's ministry, those are the biggest teams in a local church. And they're the ones with volunteers where it's the hardest because you have strong ideas. And so it's yeah. the ones where the leaders in it need to be on their game. And... It's, it's what's fun is, as I've learned so much at Grace watching Kent lead the worship team. Like, he does a really good job of it. And he, he'd say he's not perfect, but he does a good job of helping people grow into their capabilities and then watching the fruit of each person come, and, uh, come to the fore as God bears it. This is one of those places where I've seen so much encouragement, especially some pushing from, yeah, just from Kent as well, as we and our youth group have uh, looked to like have a youth-led band in many ways of, because you look at it and you're like, it should be much easier to get somebody who's like really knows what they're doing at all times and has great leadership quality, like instead of just trying to help make it work with students. And it's more than that for sure. But in every single time I've, I've noticed it, it's like when you call people up to these things, when you invite them into the work like, and invite them into being faithful, like there, there's just a level of fruitfulness that, that can happen that you can't have unless you have that invitation in, unless you, you have that opportunity. I mean, because faithfulness and fruitfulness do go hand in hand. I mean, it is so true. It is so true. Um, well, thank you. Let's, let's go to number six. No, uh, excuse me, number five. Five and six, this is where it gets a little bit tough and a little bit nitty-gritty, so stick with us here. Team and task ministry... Leaders, put your helmet on. <laughs> Team and task ministry. If you're going to do relational ministry, it requires healthy relationships and doing the things that bring healthy relationships. Team and task ministry requires healthy relationships. What makes for... Because again, you're ministering with teammates to people. 
Yeah. So if you're ministering with teammates, with partners, and not just bossing, you know, people around or whatever, well, what does it take? It takes trust. It takes respect. It takes integrity. It takes goodwill. It takes a reason to be together, a chemistry that you recognize. It takes training when is needed. It takes encouragement along the way and a lot of it. One of the things Christians maybe haven't done well is encouragement, the ministry of affirmation. And, and I don't just mean leaders, but that's true here. We, 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 I think, go to two ends. We either flatter, which is just silly. We just say dumb words that don't mean anything. Or we think, well, you know, it wasn't perfect, so I shouldn't say anything. Or we don't know how. No, find something to encourage your teammate mm. with. So training when needed, encouragement along the way. <laughs> now the two <laughs> that are hard. Holding accountable with grace and confronting in love. Mm. This is what team and task ministry requires. If someone on the team is, is chronically not doing what they know they should do because you've trained them and the ministry vision is out there that they know they should do, then you have to ask them why. And it's okay, but if there's trust, respect, integrity, goodwill, you've built that, then you can have those conversations. It doesn't mean you'll never have someone leave the team because they were hurt. It just means they'll be hurt for the right reason. What? Yeah. It just, <laughs> see, people get hurt all the time for the wrong reason when the leader blows up. Yeah. And that's a disaster. That's not Christ-like. And we've all done it, or we've all you know, said snarky things. We don't want to be those people. But when someone leaves because you're holding them accountable to the things they've agreed to and they don't want to do them, and then they decide to leave, that's trust and respect and integrity and goodwill played out. That's holding accountable with grace and confronting in love. That's part of teammate ministry, team and task ministry. Yeah. And those two are especially hard when you don't hold the person as more valuable than the task because sometimes you can get a long— you can, you can still get the task. If the task is all that matters, you can still get it done and never confront in love. You right. never have that hard conversation because, right. well, the thing's still getting done. They're still doing their job or whatever it is. But when you really care more about them than just getting the task, sometimes it's to the detriment of the task because that you actually have that confrontation. Because you go from seeing—no, you're exactly right. Because you go from seeing the, what, what isn't happening that it should— merely from saying, oh, this affects how my ministry runs, which is pride, yeah. and a desire for excellence. But it, you go from seeing it there, how it, it negatively affects your ministry, to seeing that they're not growing in Christ-likeness in some way. We need, I need to help them become more like Jesus. Because if they're always yeah. saying one thing and doing another, that's a lack of integrity. Yeah. And that's a discipleship thing before it's a ministry thing. But it certainly affects the ministry. So team and task gets a little muddy here. Um, and that's just on the negative. The positive is encouragement along the way is when a leader invests in the relationships and draws them on. I'm going to give you an example right now. Um, in, at Grace, our nursery, the, the, the newborn to preschool age is called the seed patch. That's the ministry. And our leader here is Vanita. And she's been doing this for, you know, a good year, year and a bit. And she's a volunteer. And her heart is in it. And she gets this team and task mm -hmm. side of stuff. Like, we, we didn't actually train her into it. We, we watched her know it. And, you know, as everyone knows, a nursery 
volunteer roster is huge. Yep. It, it, you know, unless it's unless it's only two people and they have to do it every week and they burn out. But, uh, you know, you might have 20, 30, 40 volunteers serving once a month or twice a month, subs, you know, that are in there, blah, blah, blah. Well, each week, Vanita gently invites those who are on the schedule for this coming week to remind them they're coming and to thank them that they are and to be praying for the kids. And also, I think to be praying, I'm not on the team, but I thought I heard someone say that once. And also to let them know that if their schedule has changed, to find their replacement and here's the other numbers. Like, it's always with that culture of we're partners in this. Yeah. And then after they serve, she, she makes contact with each of them to say, thank you so much for being there today. Maybe a passing story from the day or from last week or something makes people want to serve. They're honored. They're valued on the front end. They know what they have to do. She has in all the rooms. Here's, you know, sort of opening and closing checklists. And she's checking in with them through the mornings. Or if she's not there, the lieutenant is. I mean, it's just, it's just team and task ministry requiring healthy relationships. Like she's, she's focusing on that. And uh, that's on the positive side. Yep. You don't want to talk about on air about all the negative things <laughs> that we all have to do. And you've had to confront me with. Anyway, focuses on healthy relationships. Number six, team and task ministry requires constructive environments worthy of partners. Team and task ministry requires constructive environments worthy of partners. We need to honor the people serving with us in the processes and in the spaces that we give to them to fulfill the team goals in. So, you know, an old soundboard that's creaking along it's not fair to the worship team that's doing everything. You've got to provide them with a great thing. Yeah. Sticky floors in the youth room is not fair to the people who are coming and giving time to help minister to kids as they're, you know, it just demonstrates a lack of seriousness about the time. And thank you that you don't ever have them. <laughs> I mean, until after the Coke falls everywhere, but we clean that up. Um, so constructive environments worthy of partners. What does this mean? Well, a couple of things. Clear instructions and expectations. Um, you know, one of our team leaders, she started asking herself, how are the workers on this team going to know they did a good job today? So she developed a few different questions to ask for each volunteer to ask on their way in and then on their way out. Yeah. How did this go? Well, I think that's excellent because that's instructions and expectations and you're helping someone thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, constructive environments, team and task ministry, constructive environments. How else? Well, it's adequate resources like the soundboard and the clean floor and all that stuff. Equipment so teammates can get done what they're supposed to do. They want to come and win. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to limp along uh, with, with things that don't work. So I just think that's helpful. Like, you know, it's an investment in the ministry when the environment is good yeah. because it says to the partners, the teammates, you're worth it. The ministry is worth it. We're putting our money where our mouth is. Yeah. I mean, every leader walks into a situation with an expectation, and it's rarely that their shoe gets stuck to the floor because of the <laughs> sticky floors or the soundboard wouldn't work or whatever it is. Yeah. And it's just like, do these people not care? Why is this floor sticky three weeks in a row? Do these yeah. people not clear? Like, that matters. Yeah. By the way, in a church, some of the best people to talk to are the visitors because mm -hmm. they're looking at everything with fresh eyes like after three weeks i don't notice the mark on the wall yeah because it's just it's just it's just background but a visitor is saying "Ooh, this nursery looks dirty oh my goodness i wouldn't have noticed it like we just anyway <laughs> 
So it's it's helpful, everyone. Talk to your visitors or business owners. Talk to the talk to the new clients that come in. All right. Last thing on team and task ministry is and this now turns the turns the uh, back on us. Is it requires us to be better leaders. It requires us to be better leaders. I have to play up if everyone else serving with me is a partner and a teammate not just someone I can boss around. Yep. It means I gotta be praying for them. It means I gotta be thinking carefully about what I want uh, to happen. And then am I communicating that well? And am I being gentle as well as direct? All that kind of stuff. It, re- it calls us to be better leaders. And this is um, team and task ministry. This is true even if they're not volunteers, even if you know we're staffed together or you're, you're on a whatever, but man, We've got to discern when someone else has a better idea. We've got to be open to saying, you know what? I did not have the best thought there. You did. Let's run with your idea. Yeah. But that's because you're a partner. So it means I'm a better leader when I can own that kind of stuff and we can encourage people in their investment. Mm. Um, it also, you know, I think of Matthew 25, what you did to the least of these, you did it unto me. Everybody knows on their on their on the team that they lead who they love the best and who gets the most done. But you know, also the person God has brought that maybe has a little more stuff that we have to work through with them. That I just think of them as the least of these. Yeah. But God has also brought them here. And so how can I help God uh God's purposes flourish in their lives and through them in the lives of those we're ministering to? Listen, team and task is, is risky. It's risky because you're opening yourself up to people failing, but it's also opening yourself up, like with risk, to a better reward than you can imagine. Yeah. And that's why I think we lean into this. About eight years ago, we shifted in our focus in VBS, which is, you know, in the summer, uh, from merely saying, how do we get the most kids here? To first saying, how do we get the best volunteer team here? Mm-hmm. And how do we let them know we think they're the best? <laughs> and yeah. How do we pour into them? And you know what? When you have a volunteer team of um, people who are motivated to serve because they've been trained and honored and know what they're supposed to do and love being together. And VBS is one, one, you know, one week a year, but we've all been in churches where there's like six people running the whole thing and there's 60 kids running like apes in the, in the, in the zoo. But uh, as of, you know, we're recording this at the beginning of June. Right now there are twice as many staff volunteers as there are kids signed up. Now, we're still four weeks out from the VBS. Because VBS is for the leaders. Because VBS is for the leaders. No, but man, they're going to have the best week of the summer uh, by God's grace. Um, And, you know, that's because we want to focus on them. We have a staff lounge with different people who can't come to VBS doing the treats for the staff. We have prayer time before and devotionals to build them up. We make sure they are equipped in the crafts, in the rec, in the small group and that kind of stuff. We make sure that the team leaders or the leaders of each thing are maybe serving two by two because it's always easier with someone else. Team and task mindset. And it's just been so much fun in VBS over the years. Yeah, I think one of the great evidences of that is that it's been eight years of that. Like anybody can do that once where you make promises and you go, look, it's gonna be the best week of your life. You're gonna love this. We care about you guys, you matter. And then when everything looks like they don't, like 
you can't do that the next year, right. but for eight years because people matter. Relational ministry matters. It really does. Jason, thank you so much just for this. I mean, just walking us through these, like I, I just find this so helpful and so encouraging and a great invitation to one, how to better lead and then how to be a better leader. And so thank you so much. And f- so my hope is for everyone listening that this was an encouragement and a guide uh, to lead in whatever avenues God has called you to lead. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. This is a ministry of Grace Fellowship Church in Kinston, North Carolina. Visit gracekinston.org or follow us on Facebook and Instagram.